Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What? It is podcast number 98. It's the Mothership. I'm Brett Valentini, your host and really awful prognosticator. I came close to last place last year. I think out of 15 uh, pickers, some who are still with us, some who have departed, moved on, or just not selected this year, which is okay. You're afraid. I think we had 20, 21, maybe. Crystal Keith got hers in a little late. She didn't make the story, but the picks count. She got them in in time. It's legit. And she technically now is the defending champion. Uh, as James Fox has moved on to some other pastures, and I believe that makes technically the title belt. I believe James was contractually obligated, Crystal, to leave the title belt with you before he moved on. So you now have that in your possession and you're defending it. So, you know, glad you got he the picks barely, in. He barely won over me as is. No so. kid. Yeah. Technically, I'm going to asterisk that and say you probably won last year. Anyhow. So let's see if you can defend yourself. And we got another guy on this podcast who's got a bold, bold pick that's looking really good right now. We won't get into that quite yet. Maybe that's the second half sort of thing. Tommy Barbie's with us. Also, Zach Hayes and Trooper Galactus. Uh, so let's get started with our predictions podcast. Uh, I believe we had a range. Nobody this year, unlike me last year and Tommy last year, among others who did not pick the White Sox, even to get to uh, 90 wins. 
the minimum this time around was 90 wins with the White Sox. Uh, I do believe, <laughs> shocker, I was the low pick, but I did actually say they're going to be in the playoffs. So I'll be less embarrassed theoretically uh, this year. Um, quite a range though. Uh, we have a hundred Darren Black, who back, by the way, of our pickers last year was the only person to nail it. Uh, exactly. He nailed the White Sox record. Uh, exactly. So maybe he knows something we don't. He picked the White Sox for a hundred wins, um, which after this weekend, maybe doesn't uh, look so bad. Anybody already uncomfortable with the uh, number of wins they picked for the White Sox? I'll admit I would have liked to, I had it up higher. I moved them down and now I have regrets. I think I was at like 99 maybe, but now I'm good with it. We're, we're knocking all of our players out early so that they can be completely healthy by, I don't know, June. So we're good. We're going to coast. Hardly. Yeah, hardly needed those guys against the Tigers anyway. Come on. <sighs> uh, uh, Tommy, wait a minute. Tom, oh, there's Tommy. 96? 96. <laughs> Remarkably different from last year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they really did a lot in the offseason, Tommy. <laughs> You know, I I think that as long as no one else gets hurt um, on, especially on the pitching side, that I I feel very comfortable with, with that 96, but it's um, seeing Giolito out for a little bit makes me feel less comfortable than I did before, but I, I still feel pretty good about it. Let's compare and contrast here. Zach Hayes also picked the White Sox with 96 wins equal to Tommy. Now, Tommy says the White Sox will only win the division by three games. Zach, slightly more confident at 12 games. Definitely indicating uh, confidence in the the rest of the division being poor, which surprises me now, Zach, because you had been talking up at least a little bit, uh, maybe teams like you know, um, the twins, let's say, I don't know about Detroit, but the twins, but yet you're still are saying that's going to be a significant pad. And really there's not going to be another team in the division barely above 500. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get into a little more detail with my, my general philosophy with predictions. Cause I suspect you'll have some questions about some of the other, some of the okay. other things that I, that I put on that sheet there. So I'll leave some, some of my optimism for that, but uh, you know, I, as negative and critical as I can be, I always tend to frame it as like, I know this is a really good team and I'm completely aware of that. And I'm just going to be clear eyed about what their flaws are. And more specifically how the front office is failing to put them over the top. That doesn't mean they don't have a really, really, really good team. And uh, when making predictions, you know, I'm look, if I, if I predict them to win 90, I would rather predict them to win 96 and have them win 90 than, uh, or sorry, from an intellectual standpoint, I would rather overshoot than undershoot. I would rather them win more games. Obviously, I don't want them to win fewer games just to make me feel better. But uh, um, no, I think they're the clear-cut best team in the division. And while Minnesota or Detroit uh, or Cleveland might be able to give them a run for a little while, there's a part of me that thinks that the rest of the division just kind of going to beat up on each other to the tune of 81, 83, 85 wins. And if the Sox do catch a few breaks, I think 94, 96, 97 wins is very, very, very within the realm of possibility. So I said, you know what? Send it. There you okay. go. Now, Trooper, in your theoretical picks, because you did not join our exercise, uh, where would you land the White Sox? I'm guessing it would be somewhere between 90 and 100. Uh, where, where do you where do you see them? 
I'd say 94, 95. Uh, I don't think that they really made demonstrable improvements over last season that would cause me to just outright say, yeah, yeah, they're going to, they're going to shoot right up uh, another five or six wins. And the rest of the division got better. Um, Their primary competition, Detroit is definitely uh, improving themselves and they will continue to improve themselves. And the twins probably will not spend another season being fugitives from the laws of averages. So um, I think just based upon increased competition, even if the White Sox can count on uh, better health this season, uh, I, I just think that the competition is there, that it's not going to result in as much of an improvement as we might like. Yeah. Consensus, I think, was mid-90s. I think Crystal only uh, dragged that up a little bit. Uh, I think we had the consensus at 94. It's probably 95, including uh, Crystal, so that uh, hits it right on. Uh, Trooper, uh, player MVP for the White Sox, resoundingly Luis Robert, who also got a lot of support. I don't know if he got consensus support or not. I won't scroll up. I'll, I'll break my computer machine here. But uh, Luis Robert, clearly the MVP in most eyes, uh, one person's eyes, clearly not. And obviously early on, it's taken a real hit. Zach Hayes choosing Yamakata, which is actually a great pick. It's just he might be having to play a little bit of catch up being out maybe the first three weeks, but uh, maybe explain your thinking. Is it more, you don't see Luis necessarily able to play a full season or you just think you'll uh, Yohan is going to be that much better this year. Part of it is expectation to some extent. I think, I think Luis could have a really, really good year by any standard and still come off as a little bit disappointing in some ways. I think, I think they're both capable of having equally, equally incredible seasons. I think we're both of them are just very, equally capable of putting up six or seven war. Uh, but in the event that one of those things that they do do that, and at least one of those things happened, it's going to be looked at in Moncada's case as, oh man, he has really taken the next step. We would not be here without him going from the kind of meth that we saw the last couple of years to really hitting that ceiling. Uh, if Luis does it, it's still great, but it's going to be a little more along the, okay, this is what kind of what we were banking banking from you banking on from you the entire time so just to hit that like this is the team mvp i think the bar for luis has got to be got to be a little bit higher and i've been a big backer and, and believer in yon for for quite some time and uh i don't know i just saw this as the ceiling the season where he really does hit that ceiling and it's going to come off as maybe even more incredible just because the way he takes he takes a beating from from parts of the fan base sometimes yeah uh, pitcher MVP was way more split. Nobody even had the majority of votes. Lucas, I believe, was a consensus with nine or ten votes, depending on how uh, uh, Crystal went. No, went Hendricks with me. Oh, gosh, we're going to have to defend ourselves. Uh, I don't know why I picked Liam Hendricks. Uh, I think I thought because no, none of the starters were going to be um, successful enough, and somehow Liam actually had his two-something war, or maybe even somehow scraping close to three, was, was actually going to show up as the best. I really don't know what I was thinking. Crystal, what were you thinking? I was kind of in the same boat because I was so impressed with him last year and I really worried about where our starting pitching would be. And now I kind of regret not putting Dylan Cease. <laughs> Dylan Cease. Okay. So you would not go, if you had a chance to do it over, you would go Dylan and not uh, Giolito Barbie and uh, Hayes. Are you still sticking with uh, Giolito as your pick? You're still feeling good about that. I, Cause that's actually probably the way I would have gone and should have gone. I am comfortable with my Giolito pick. I think if you wanted to say like most important pitcher, it definitely is Cease because I think how the Sox season goes will be largely dependent on how Cease performs because, you know, 
Giolito, I think, is going to be the MVP, the guy that is continues to be the ace. But the season, to me, really hinders on how does Cease do in Lance Lynn's absence for the first few months of the season? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because no matter how good the offense does, the, the, <laughs> the rotation has to show up. We're going to see, as the home opener is right around the corner, uh, the lower end of the rotation. We're going to see how much the offense is needed because the 10 runs uh, scored on Sunday uh, might be what's necessary uh, to beat Seattle with the, the pitchers are running out there. Uh, Trooper, I didn't get your pick on MVP because I figured it probably would be Giolito, but uh, certainly I want you to weigh in on, given the uh, different uh, four or five different names that came up on the pitcher uh, side of the ballot, uh, who would be your pitcher MVP? I'd probably go with Giolito as well. Um, I'm still not totally sold that Cease will ever get his efficiency in game to a point where he's a guy who gives you enough bulk across the course of an entire season to be a true MVP. And and if he has a, let's say he has a season similar to last season, which was a good season uh, and he's still the MVP, then that means all your other starters just got hurt so much that they, <laughs> they're just not providing the, the bulk that put them over a guy like Cease. And it's uh it's kind of the same way for Robert for me uh, as just a position player MVP where I think we're all kind of counting on him to be like a six to eight win kind of player. And we need that from him. And I think that if we don't get that kind of season out of him, it real it's really going to be hard for anybody else to step up with that level of production to stand out. Uh, our best rookie, uh, again, I think this, for me at least, was the pitches. is like, I don't think the rookies are going to make the impact they did last year. So it's more like, well, who might get a chance enough to, to play some? That's why I uh, chose uh, Romy Gonzalez, who was our consensus. Uh, and I'm guessing that was a lot of your thinking, too. Somehow, Tommy was pressing enough to realize that uh, Miker would be um, DFA'd, but not pressing enough to realize he'd still be in the organization. He might want to change his pick. He picked Romy, but he might want to change it. Uh, I absolutely do want to change it. <laughs> <laughs> Miker, fair. And uh, really the only, uh, I think the only, outlier, oh no, here, we have two outliers. I guess you could call them that. And I want to know if this was also like, well, you had to pick somebody or if you really do have a good feeling about these guys. Zach Hayes picking Jimmy Lambert, who certainly will get opportunities. And Crystal O'Keefe, not unique in picking Yolki Cespedes. Uh, but again, a guy who's right now far away from the majors and is no guarantee even to play this year. Uh, Zach, Crystal, uh, talk about your selections. Um, I I personally picked Yolki because after seeing what he was doing in spring training, mm-hmm. I had a bit more confidence in, you know, how he plays. And I've, I've seen him, you know, in a lot lower leagues, independent leagues, everything else. And I've always just been impressed with him. And if he has half the talent of his, you know, half brothers. And I think he'll make an impact and I could see him coming up really late in the season, just because, you know, they're going to have plenty of injuries. So they'll, they'll need a right fielder or something. So yeah, I picked him because I think he showed a lot of promise in spring training and otherwise. And of course we have, you know, because we always pick cold cats, not just MVPs because we're mean, we're a mean, mean site. All of us really secretly dislike the White Sox. Uh, we do pick worst player, worst pitcher. Uh, worst player, again, for me, it wasn't necessarily Danny Mendick is going to be terrible, although that's in the realm of possibility. Uh, it's just like, well, I'm not really anticipating guys having 
terrible years for the White Sox among the position players. Danny Mendick seemed like a guy who would get a lot of run and probably wouldn't do a lot with it. That's why I chose him. He was the overwhelming pick. However, Tommy Barbie picks your mean Mercedes, who will heal enough to somehow hurt the White Sox. Uh, explain, Tommy. They, they have him playing outfield. So <laughs> That's I just, a good explanation. I mean, <laughs> the man still doesn't have a position. It, every time he updates his Instagram, I have this fear that he's like retiring again. Or, or worse, yes. Right. He's a rising I mean, phoenix, Tommy. Yeah, I just like, sure, he can hit, but he is all over the place. I, I really... I'm surprised that he's still an active player in the White Sox organization. I really am, like, just based on everything that's been going on. And if he wasn't hurt, maybe he wouldn't be. I mean, maybe it's just like, well, okay, we'll just punt the decision. He's hurt, you know, yeah. we'll see if he comes back or he decides to retire on his own or uh, whatever. Uh, who else? Um, who, who had the other? Zach? No, Zach was, Zach was a Mendick man. Wait, Zach never got to uh, defend his Jimmy Lambert pick. Okay, tell me why Jimmy Lambert is going to be a legit, uh, a legit rookie for the White Sox. Uh, yeah, I really, I really wanted to pick one of Miker or uh, Yoelki, but I just did not quite see them having, getting enough playing time, even in the best of circumstances, which really would probably be the worst of circumstances right. uh, as far as the actual team goes. So in lieu of almost any other (laughs) real options. Uh, I went with Jimmy Lambert because every time I've watched him pitch beat in the minors or spring training, I've looked at him and be like, you know, I could see a decent number four starter there, Um, which sounds like kind of a backhanded compliment, but when it comes to making the major leagues uh, is not. And I suspect there is going to be a need for a competent number four starter. Uh, If not, if there isn't already, because I suspect that Vince Velasquez and Dallas Keuchel are, stop me if you've heard this before, but not competent back end rotation members. So I can, I can see a world for sure, especially since Jonathan Stever is still injured, I believe where, uh, you know, Lambert comes up and by necessity gives the team five, six, seven, eight, nine, hopefully not even 10 (laughs) starts Mm -hmm. and pitches serviceably enough to the point where we look back on it and be like, yeah, that was, those were actually really kind of key serviceable four or five ERA innings that were otherwise going to go to God knows who. And, yeah. you know, he could, he could win some games like that, I think. And in which case he's going to be the clear cut rookie of the year for the team, if there is one. So that's, uh, that's my pick in a, in a long nutshell. It's not damning with faint praise in the least, given the fact that Tanner Banks probably right now is our number four starter. So no, that is actually, you know, that's, and, and, and that does reflect that he probably will uh, have the opportunity. Okay. Trooper, I'm going to give you a chance here, but let's just get to this last category and then I'll let you run down some guys. Dallas Keiko, overwhelming winner as worst pitcher. We have zero confidence. Adrian Serrano has not shown up to defend his guy who he said, he said in the last podcast, no, I'm I, he's going to do it. They always, you know, he said something about offensive production for him or something. Hey, listen, I hope it happens. Uh, we're going to have to wait till the fifth game of the year to see if it happens, which might indicate how even Tony LaRussa has lost confidence in kid Coochie. Uh, okay. Wait, did everybody else, uh, did, did anybody not pick him as uh, the worst couple guy? of Ryan Burrs. I, oh, time out, Tommy Barbie. Yes. Aaron Bummer. Well, yes. I guess you were on the crest of the wave there too, because he had a rough opener, but then redeemed himself. Okay. Please to explain Aaron Bummer being the worst pitcher on the White Sox this year. I, I think the White Sox have done normally a very good job at 
optimizing bummer strengths. And I don't think they have that luxury this year. So I just see Bummer getting utilized in a lot of situations like he was in the Tigers game mm. where it's not exactly ideal for him and not performing well. Um, you know, Keuchel makes sense as a pick. I think, honestly, Tony is so clearly afraid to use him that, mm. and I don't think they want to pay him enough to even get the innings that right. would be required for him to get the bonus that, I see him kind of being stashed in a lot of different ways where he's not quite getting exposed, but Aaron Bummer, they're going to need a lot. And I don't think he has the control still to deliver on a day-to-day basis. Stunning to me, just two out of 21 Vince Velasquez's uh, pick that I would have thought it would be a lot more of a, a, of a neck and neck race between Dallas and Vince for that. But Vince, I probably didn't pick because I thought, he may he may not be long for the I White Sox. I think we're still in shock that he's on the team. <laughs> opening day <laughs> starter. <laughs> opening day starter. Oh my God. Uh, okay, Trooper. Uh, before we go to break, run me down your uh, rookie worst player, worst pitcher. Uh, I think Gavin Sheets will be rookie of the year. He still has uh, he still has his rookie status, and he's probably going to get the most uh, reliable playing time. Uh, a lot of other guys like Jimmy Lambert. I could see him as a sleeper pick, but it, Lambert requires them getting deeper into the need for him. And I don't know that he'll build up the kind of volumes that Sheets will. And I've also been a fan of Sheets for quite a while now. Uh, worst player, Danny Mendick seems to be the <laughs> safe choice on that, on that one. Uh, but again, I don't know if he's bad. They have so many utility players. He just won't be around long enough to do that kind of damage. I would personally go with Josh Harrison as somebody who has shown that like he's being paid enough that they're going to stick with him, even if he's not performing well. And he has gone through stretches, Mm -hmm. even whole seasons where he's been really bad. So I would, I would pick him. I hope it, I hope I'm very, Mm -hmm. very wrong though. Yeah. And uh, worst pitcher, I'd actually go with Velasquez over Keiko. Okay. All right, so then, okay, you're 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 making it more even the way I thought it should be in the first place. Okay, we're going to try to squeeze in uh, the major league predictions. Maybe uh, I don't know. We'll talk. We're going to talk very specifically to Tommy Barbie about one of them uh, after the break. Stick with us because it's still going to be fun. We're still going to be talking about baseball, so you know, stick with us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? It's podcast number 98. I'm consulting my notes because I can't remember what podcast it is. We're coming up on the century mark, though. Very, very exciting. Uh, We're talking 2022 predictions. Uh, First half there, we just went through White Sox stuff. 
And now let's just talk a little more broadly about the major leagues. There are a lot of consensus picks. Uh, let me just talk to all of you about one thing I thought was really strange, our own AL East bias. If you go by consensus, four playoff teams will be coming out of the East. Uh, the consensus was the uh, Blue Jays as a division winner, but it sort of doesn't matter when you still have Boston, Tampa, and the Yankees coming out as your three wildcard teams. Can anybody explain that aside from the fact that it is still a, it is still probably the best division in the American league, if not baseball. Well, you don't have to, I mean, there might just be nothing to explain. Okay. (laughs) That's a good explanation. And this is why we pay Zach the big analyst bucks because he just cuts right to it and tells us what everything's about. Uh, Let's see. White Sox. Uh, universal, <laughs> universal pick for the central, uh, Blue Jays did get most votes, although the Rays still did Yankees still did get some votes. Uh, strangely enough, the Orioles saw no support Astros, definitely the consensus out of the West. Although Tommy Barbie, you see the Seattle Mariners being the upstart, sort of a hot pick, sort of sexy with the off season they had where they actually sort of did some things, not just at the last minute. Uh, you, do you see it more a sense of Seattle being good or Houston not being uh, worth the hype? A bit of both. I think the, um, Mariners showed a lot of, um, you know, a lot of their merit last year, but they have some really talented rookies and, and prospects that I think will put them over the top. And I'm, I think that they just top to bottom are a very impressive team Astros are a little bit older. Um, I think they still kind of, you know, have that target on their back where people are giving them their best shot. I just think the Mariners could surprise um, a lot of people this year. Yeah, I got, I got your back on that one, Tommy. I, I know I didn't get my picks in, but I would absolutely go with the Mariners in the West. Uh, they've been very aggressive this offseason. Like Tommy said, excellent young talent stacked up. And, you know, their uh, their GM's been very aggressive on the trade market, too. Uh, let's remember that, you know, last season they traded Kendall Graveman midseason, and people thought that that was a sign that they were packing it in, and they went on to miss the playoffs just by, like, a game. Uh, that, that team's got some legit talent, and they got a GM who's willing to make some creative deals to try and get them where they want to be. Uh, does anyone want to yell at me before we yell at Tommy? Did anyone yell at me for being, I think the only one to pick, I think there's at least a couple Detroits, the only one to pick Minnesota as a wild card team. Am I just stupid? You can tell me. I sort of know I am, but uh, I mean, Minnesota that seems to think they have a shot. So why not? Always do. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, okay. Well, let's take the spotlight off of me. Uh, thanks, everybody. And let's talk about Tommy Barbie picking <laughs> the Chicago Cubs as the division winners in the NL Central, which, by the way, as I said before we went on air here, uh, really smart pick so far, Tommy. They uh, pretty much uh, uh, took the consensus uh, winner of the division uh, to the shed uh, in, a, I believe, a home sweep of the opening series in the in the cold and the muck. Um you're thinking, I think you've already been asked to explain yourself and you did, but uh, for the benefit of all the listeners out there, please do explain why the Chicago Cubs are going to win the NL Central. Yeah, I was really disappointed in the Brewers offseason. I think that probably they're the one team more than the White Sox where they had an opportunity to make mm-hmm. some moves to really solidify their place in the division and they did literally nothing. And I don't see, I mean, the Cardinals 
brought back you know their reunion tour and that's very lovely <laughs> but they're older um to me the cubs made a lot of very sensible moves and i actually think Baez was addition by subtraction and i kind of see them doing other similar moves around the trade deadline where they will probably solidify their bullpen by trading away some of their other more expensive contracts like wilson Contreras. but i think that they have the makings of a very good team they seem to have found some younger talent that is working out for them i i don't know if it's going to be like a you know they're going to blow the whole division by but i wouldn't be surprised if they sneak in with the uh, division title by contrast i'm going to give zach hayes the ability to defend his milwaukee brewers everybody picked the dodgers as the best team in the national league but three zach hayes hamster and Adrian, I'll pick the Brewers. Uh, the only one to show up to defend the Brewers, defend their virtue, is Zach Hayes. Uh, what's your thinking there? P- pitching just too good, all around just too good? Yeah, the, the Dodgers have a better roster top to bottom because they have a better roster than everybody top to bottom, but it's pretty close. I think the Brewers pitching staff is is by a considerable margin the best in baseball, bullpen included. And they've got more than enough offense to get it done. I think it's a close enough battle talent-wise that the fact that the NL West is going to be a gauntlet while the Mm. NL Central, at least the top third of the NL West, uh, top three, whereas the NL Central is not, uh, gives me enough confidence to give maybe that two, three, four, one game margin for the Brewers over the Dodgers to take that one seat. I think it's going to be close. I mean, people, the Brewers won what 98 games last year. It's only because the Dodgers and the Giants really went so crazy that, uh, that that kind of flew under the radar, but if they win 98, 99, hundred games again, I think that could very easily be good enough for, for the top seed. And I think they're very much good enough to do that again, even after starting the season, like they have. Now we had um, two, three, four, five, uh, very brave, very confident, uh, uh, very um, Kool-Aid drunk uh, uh, of our 21, picking the White Sox to win the World Series. Let me name them. Rachel Melanta, uh, Delia Ritchie, Nello Rubio, Ashley Sanders. Nello and Ashley are two-time pickers. Last year, they picked the White Sox to win the series, uh, World Series as well. So I'm detecting a trend. And Adrian Serrano. Again, none of them are on here to discuss why the White Sox will make it all the way to the World Series and win it. But uh, the consensus was the Dodgers, but a couple of people did choose differently. And again, um, I'm not going to give you a break. I will be getting to Crystal in a second, but Zach Hayes, you picked the New York Mets, and I would like the reasoning behind picking the New York Mets to win the World Series. Again, top to bottom, just a really good roster, not the best in the league because the Dodgers exist. Uh, but when it comes to the playoffs, I'm not like a super serious baseball prediction man. And there's not a lot of people who have a vested interest in my super serious baseball predictions. So, uh, (laughs) I like to, I mean, look, if I had a ton of money on it, I'd probably pick Mm. the Dodgers. Yeah. But I think the Mets are good enough to win the world series. And I'm, I would just like to imagine a world in which you have a healthy DeGrom and Scherzer going back to back in the playoffs with like Chris Bassett on as your number three Mm. right there, which is great. You still have Carlos Carrasco, who's just a general, really likable individual uh there too um it's i think it's going to be a fun team to root for uh at the end of the day and i mean the cliche is that anything can happen once you get there and i think we would be actually talking there they're the mets so we kind of want to laugh at them instinctually but if it weren't for uh the dodgers being 
so dominant in all facets of, of the season and the off season, you know, I think the Mets might be the fun, the fun favorite sure. in some ways. And Crystal, your pick for the Blue Jays winning it all isn't, isn't crazy. We had a number of people getting, picking them to, to get to the World Series, including myself, even though I did not pick them to win the division because I'm, I'm, I'm so smart. I'm thinking, whoa, look, a wildcard team makes it to the World Series, even in this strange year of all strange years for wildcards. Why not pick them? I'm stupid. Uh, but you smartly picked them for the division and to be the best in the uh, uh, AL or to win the AL and to actually win the World Series. And you're thinking is what? Too much offensive fire, firepower combined with? adequate enough uh, pitching yeah exactly I mean they made really good moves yeah. this offseason as well and I just I feel like they're going to come in like Miley Cyrus says like a wrecking ball and just take ever Zach don't make that face I saw that um no that I, was I do. Joy. I think they're I just love, gonna I wreck that Superman. division I mean you saw what they did in Houston they were down seven nothing Houston got cocky or not Houston, sorry, the Rangers, Texas Rangers. They got really cocky, and then the Blue Jays just dominated and came back and won 10-8. I just feel like they are going to be the team to watch, the team to beat. I am dreading buying tickets for a White Sox-Blue Jays game around my birthday because (laughs) I don't want to watch the White Sox get blown out by this team, but they, I think they're just going to be the team to beat this year. Crystal, I'll point out again, because sometimes I can be smart. Uh, the Rangers also remembered they were the Rangers and that sort of allowed that comeback to happen, but okay. <laughs> Texas. I love you. Spent so much time behind your bars. Uh, oh, okay. Trooper world series pick. What would your world series pick and who's going to win it all? Uh, if I had to go with somebody, I'd go with the, I'd probably bet on Toronto. Uh, I just think that that offense is just going to obliterate every pitcher that is put in front of them. It's well-balanced. It's got power throughout. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of young talent at that. It's not a lot of guys that you look at and think they're about to dive off of a cliff. So um, I just, I just really think that their aggression and in supporting the guys that they've brought up on their roster, like Vlad Jr. is really going to pay off. Uh, they're not going to have an easy go of it. The, uh, the White Sox uh, match up with most anybody in the American League uh, in a playoff matchup. So, and you still got the Yankees are going to be there. The the Rays are going to give them a slugfest all throughout. Uh, but I I don't think the AL West is going to be that much of a factor this year. Um, I just don't see anybody. I don't see any of the teams in that division. Even though I think the Mariners are good, I think that in the playoffs they won't have the kind of depth and firepower that you need to really get your, get through the playoff grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, On Chris- the national side, mm-hmm. Padre Dodgers seem to be the standouts. Yeah. Uh, Crystal, you and I picked Bryce Harper for national league MVP. I know I did because I did actually pick the Phillies, despite the fact they can't get to the ball uh, for the life of them um, to make the playoffs. And I figured that Harper would maybe just carry them on because I'm just going old school. I'm going to say, Hey, yeah, Bryce Harper from, from back in the day, uh, still a great player and he's going to carry them on uh, his back. Uh, you're, you're thinking as well. Cause it's, it's just me and you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think he could very easily do back to back, but I also think now he's got a couple guys in his corner that can help him. They've got, they've got Nick and they've got Kyle Schwerber now so I think he's got enough people in his corner to really just hoist him back up. And I really think he can do it again because he's got so much star power being wasted 
in Philadelphia. And and speaking of star power being wasted, hey, talk about an old school pick. It's the one I I think it was my pick last year, uh, but he did get hurt. Zach Hayes picking Mike Trout, which it's a pretty safe (laughs) bet, sort of like taking the field. uh, But you were the only guy to pick uh, Mike Trout. He's not even as popular as his teammate, Shohei Otani. Why Trout? Just you figure he's going to come back like a monster and just go bananas this year. Yeah, how quickly we forget. Yeah, I was really surprised that I was, I mean, I, until a healthy trout, I think is still the best player in baseball until proven otherwise. I, I just, I mean, I don't know if anyone was watching um, the Angels game. I think it was yesterday where he hit his first home run of the year where he just turned around a 99 mile an hour fastball from Ryan Stanek and deposited about 450 feet in the left center field. Uh, he's, he's still got it. And I think if trout plays a full healthy season, he's still going to be, head and shoulders, the best position player in the game. So I'm going to, again, err on the side of optimism and say that not only do we get a full season of healthy trout, we still have not seen the last of peak Mike Trout, where we're going to be like, oh, yeah, right. This is probably the greatest player of all time in front of us right here. Yeah, he's playing. He's been playing for so long. He's so old. Oh, no, wait, he's not old at all. He's still like, he's still, who cares if he's got like 100 war or whatever he's got already, but uh yeah, uh, incredible AL Rookie of the Year race. I mean, you almost can't go wrong with picking like any one of five guys. We were pretty split as well. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. has already sort of shown out. Torkelson, we just saw this last weekend against the Sox. Um, not spectacular, but definitely looks like a guy who could do some damage and is going to get the opportunity to for Detroit. He's going to be there all year, it seems. Um, and uh, who's the guy out in Seattle? I think that's a – was that a Barbie? No, Barbie picked uh, – Torkelson, uh, uh, trooper, uh, let's just pretend we're all tied. How do you split, uh, a three-way tie or however many way tie for AL rookie year? Who's your pick for AL rookie of the year? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with Torkelson. Uh, he's just, he's getting the playing time. And I think just, he has the type of production that, uh, is weighted towards things that voters like to see. Cause, uh, say like CJ Abrams, he might be the more valuable player, but he's also playing a more valuable defensive position. So it, he could wind up with the higher war. But I also think that his offensive production is the type where he's not going to have like some outrageous number of home runs, uh, a huge slugging number. Like he's going to have more even a more even triple slash. And Torkelson's the t- type of hitter who will be heavily weighted towards slugging and home runs. And I just think that voters t- traditionally go towards that. The only other award I think I need to mention before we split for this podcast is the fact that Rachel Melanta and uh, Trevor Lyons are truly, truly White Sox fans. Rachel, new to the team, but truly has caught up to be a great White Sox fan, picking Carlos Rodon, just wanting to hate themselves and picking Carlos Rodon as an NL Cy Young winner. Oh, my God, we'll have something to talk about. That's a whole other podcast, but we'll definitely have something to talk about if that actually comes to pass. Hey, just 24 hours from now, You'll have the home opener, the home opening uh, pregame podcast. Maybe some of these folks right here on this podcast will be joining me for that, but we'll have that 24 hours, 24 hours after that. We'll have minor league podcast. We're going to have all sorts of stuff. We we just don't stop. We're going to keep hitting you with stuff. Uh, Thanks for joining us for this awards podcast. I'm sorry that all of you are wrong compared to me. Not even picking my AL MVP pick. Although, Crystal. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper fever. Uh, we'll see. We will definitely revisit this at the end of the season and see who wins. Crystal Keith, the defending champion. She holds the title belt, and maybe she'll show it off next podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back with a Podcast 99 at some point, probably sooner than you're ready for it. Thanks. Thanks.